Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Hey, we're coming here, of course, as always. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. You guys are the best audience in the world. I can never tell you that often enough. And we certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. Be sure to watch for all the new episodes we're doing on the Chris Voss Show because guess what? Next week is CES Show, the Consumer Electronics Show. Oh, my God. We even have the CEO, Gary Shapiro, uh, announcing his new book uh, on the show. And, of course, we interviewed him, so be sure to check out those wares as well. Over this next week, you're going to see us interviewing uh, interesting entrepreneurs from CES. We're going to be talking about some of the products and stuff that they're doing at CES Show. And, of course, you're going to see live video of touring the site doing video interviews of people there crap we're probably gonna have enough material to last us a whole nother year of podcasts we may have to rename the chris foss show the ces show but as always you guys have been following me for years and know uh, what goes in this be sure to refer the show to your friends neighbors relatives uh get them to go to youtube.com forward slash chris foss hit that bell notification button so they can get all notifications because we're posting all the ces stuff up there and you're going to want to see the latest and greatest and coolest new technology uh on top of that have them go to spotify itunes Google Play, and iHeartRadio, where you can see the distribution of all the different uh, variations of the Chris Voss Show podcast today. And we certainly appreciate it. And if you can, give it a review. We certainly like that as well. Today we have a the first interesting guest from CES. I suppose Gary was, but he he runs it, so that's not really doesn't count. So we have the first person who's at CES presenting and has a booth there. And his name is... Let me make sure I get this right. Nick Hill. Nick, how you doing today, bud? I'm doing great. How you doing? Good, good, good. I was flipped over to the screen that shows us your guys' company is Sure Pet Care, and you guys' booth is 42367. You're going to be at the Sands Convention Center during the show. Welcome to the Chris Voss Show, and uh, tell us about your company. Give us a plug on what website to look up for that. Okay, so website... First and foremost, surepetcare.com. Easy. So um, the company does uh, technology-based pet products that really solve the problem. And uh, what we're launching is, is a particular a new activity monitor for dogs. And I can tell you all about that and the, uh, how that uh, is going to help you and your dog. And then also we do a whole suite of products which work off the pet's microchip. So any pet that is microchipped then it's a unique identifier that identifies that unique pet. And uh, so we have products that allow access to a home. We have products that separate feeding. Um, so if you have multiple pets in one household, you can identify and feed them. And then we have a whole suite of products which also give you information to monitoring your pet on an app as well. So you can tell how much your pet's feeding, whether they're coming in and out, and if we get disturbed during this uh, podcast, it's because my cat's gone through the cat door at home. My phone might be out. So, so your cat's going to rule your life or your pet or animal, I guess, because you guys are doing pet doors and dog doors. But first, let's start. Let's talk about you, Nick. You're the CEO and I believe the president of the company. How did you get started in this? Where, what's the journey that you uh, made here? Okay, so, so my background is um, I originally trained as a physicist. So uh, quantum physicist, Dr. Nick Hill, that's been used a lot. So uh, I studied in Cambridge in the UK, and that is the high-tech sort of hub for, uh, um, for the UK. You know, originally I was all set on being going down the academic route, but then caught the startup bug, 
worked in the startup sort of uh, uh, area around Cambridge for about 10 years and then really started with the product idea. And so for me, the product idea was born purely out of need, which was that I had a cat, I had a cat door, and I had the whole neighborhood cats all coming in through the cat door, eating my cat's food, um, you know, urinating in the cat's in the kitchen. It's just, you know, it's a real problem. So I set about developing our very first product, which was a global success, which is the, the microchip cat door. And this is a great story because this is what a lot of entrepreneurs do. We, of course, cover a lot of entrepreneurism here in the Chris Voss Show and interview a lot of entrepreneurs. And this is the journey many of them take. They have a pain or an itch or some sort of thing that they need to have resolved. Uh, and they can't find a product or something out in the marketplace to resolve. Um, and so that's interesting. It took your journey of your cats having strange other cats wander in through the cat door, eat your food, pee on your carpet. I mean, for me, I call that Wednesdays or the weekends, but that's <laughs> you know, my neighbors finally got a restraining order that I can't do that anymore. But that's awesome that you guys have uh, that sort of thing because I got to tell you, I've had dogs and I've had a lot of issues with pet doors and, uh, and other things coming in the house, uh, creepy crawlies, of course, as well. Uh, the the spiders and the bugs they love the pet door because they're like hey just this thing's halfway open half the time with the wind you know so uh, this is really cool I, I've taken a look at your guys' website and seen the products you guys are making and we're gonna of course see it at CES show uh, you guys want to check out their booth while you're there uh, and uh, so tell us more about it or what the journey was that got you there and got the company started and and where you're at now okay so so going back to the start of it then. It's really that one problem I'm looking to solve, which is other other cats coming in. Uh, no, no, in the UK, less creepy crawlies or snakes or anything, but uh, we've had all sorts. Um, and then uh, I wasn't the first person to have the product idea. So you know, the idea of identifying a pet through the microchip implant. But then the microchip implants are really, they're about the size of a grain of rice. They're, they're designed to be injected under the skin. So they were never really designed to have you know, a long read range for to operate other products. So then it became like a technical challenge, which is create you know a reading technology that allows you to create a consumer product with the right read range to actually you know um, deliver a, you know, a service based on the on the pet's identification microchip. So that was where my technical background came in, which is. You know, on the, the physics, the antennas, the, the electronics, all of these sides. So really, it was a product idea, you know, some an interesting technical challenge, and then creating you know a winning product. So the thing, that, the thing you bring up too is a lot of people don't understand that sometimes becoming a great entrepreneur is preparing for it, and sometimes you don't know that you prepared for it. Like in your case, you probably didn't go to school going, "I'm going to make a pet door company someday." Part of the uh, the genesis of what you've created and what you've designed is from the concept that you had that this is possible technically, and I probably know how to do it, or maybe I you know I have enough I have enough uh, skill to be dangerous or education to be dangerous in the field, and you know you ask it, it comes down to that question of well why doesn't why can't it be built that way. And so many people, I, I think, in the, this world, they just accept things as they come. And the beauty of entrepreneurs is beauty, entrepreneurs go, why not? You know, some yeah, people ask, yeah. why, entrepreneurs go, why not? Why can't we have that? Why can't we have 
um, you know, X, Y, Z, why can't we create this? And that's how our world just gets better and better, which is uh, good for uh, people like you folks and us, actually, the consumers. Yeah, I agree completely. And and I think uh, you hit the nail on the head where I think uh, you prepare, prepare to take your own luck. Now, mm -hmm. but for me, when I see um, uh, other people perhaps just leaving school and then going straight in, you know, becoming an entrepreneur and creating a business and being successful, I'm always in awe of that. I, I certainly wasn't ready to do that. But, you know, you know, about 10 years working in high tech, learning about intellectual property, learning about how you would actually create a business. For me, that was like an important first step. And then to take that next step, then I think you, you kind of, you're more likely to take the right chances and, and more likely to succeed, at least in my case. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I grew up very poor. I didn't go to college. Uh, but I knew I needed to learn how to be a CEO if I ever wanted to run a big company someday, and I dreamed of doing it. Uh, and so I read every book I could consume. I basically got my own sort of MBA. I actually studied uh, programs and projects from the Harvard Business Review, uh, which back in the day you, you'd buy the Harvard Business Review uh, book, and it was just filled with all this just really core, raw uh, theory of business and and so I would consume all that and and basically kind of give myself my own college course. I just skipped all the late night drinking fraternities and all that was the smartest turn on my part because <laughs> I don't know, uh, Bill Cavanaugh, who just went to judgeship here, and, uh, tells me the beer is really good and so are fraternity parties. But um, at least, uh, at least I know I'll probably be able to become Supreme Court Justice without someone questioning my fraternity <laughs> drinking. So I don't know. That's your next step, isn't it? <laughs> That's the next step. It's it's over to the Supreme Court. What did you? You know, I'll be on the panel with the congressional thing. They'll be like, "Says here, your experiences are running a podcast and being a social media person. Um, what makes you qualified for this job? I like beer." <laughs> There you go. So, so you you came with this idea, and so did you create a company with it initially, or where where did you go with your idea? What was the steps you took? Yeah, so it was, it was basically creating a product and creating a company, and really starting small but growing organically. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a product that was okay. A, it was hard enough, so there wasn't uh, a competitor out there, and there wasn't a competitor out there for quite a while. Um, so it was a good competitive landscape, at least in the form we created it. And then um, it was really choosing your customers so that you can grow that company, you know, given the cash flow and all the requirements around that. Um, but there was very, very high demand for the product. So on the back of that, it allowed us to reinvest in you know, a suite of products, which started off with different pectoral products, then moved into feeders, and then moved into you know, internet-connected and app-connected um, sort of products as well um, and then that really was the I guess the company that I built and then back awesome. in 2015 we were acquired by a much larger company that brought even more technology to bear so then allowed us to scale more and actually uh, um, then bring some of our latest products like the the animal sort of behavior monitor actually out so that's the more recent thing and that's part of you know that process of being acquired and then having more resources and more technologies to even draw from that's awesome. That's awesome. So the journey is you've been acquired by the bigger companies and they've seen the, the forefront of your technology. I love these app things that allow me to interact with my with my animals, my pets. 
Uh, I've got two Huskies, and I've, I've got different things that we've sent to be reviewed here on the Chris Moss Show where I can watch them, of course, on all the different monitors as they roam around the house and chew everything okay. that I own while I travel. Back to CS, I'll be checking in like about 20 times a day to see what they're doing <laughs> on the cameras uh, and to see how much of my stuff is being shredded into small pieces since I've left for the day. Um, <laughs> but you're not alone in this. You're, you're really part of of the global community that now a pet is a member of your family. You want to be in touch with them all day. You can't be with them 24-7. And they're huskies, so I kind of have to be in touch with them all day because, uh, like I say, when I travel, I'll never forget years ago I went to CES show and I had a, a kind of a younger puppy and an older puppy, and I thought, well, the, it's going to be okay to leave them. And uh, it, to my horror, about the second day into my trip, I was, I was tuning in to see what was shredded. And I don't... It, my dog was somehow aware of the scope of of area that my camera operated in because she was making a point of putting it right in the middle and shredding it into small pieces, whatever it was, and, and just basically sending me that message. And then I would tune in uh, to hear her crying and baying both in the backyard and wandering through the house wondering where I was. And, and, uh, and it, so it was about two days of, of like a horror show, like I think that's going to be the next movie I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna do. Oh. But I think that should be like a you know a bird box horror show is really popular. I think that's going to be what the new show is. It's going to be a guy who's who's uh, in a hotel room in a faraway city watching his dog shred every loving uh, thing that he has to punish him for leaving for four days on a business trip. Um, and uh, if you could think of a product to make out of that, uh, out of, uh, with all along the line you're doing, uh, uh, you know, uh, you might want to send me a few bucks. So that's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that would be the new horror show. Oh, oh, you're in your hotel room. You're like, you're like tuning in. The music comes up, done to know the suspense, and you're tuning in, going, what is, what are they going to shred now? But the beautiful part about your product is, is you don't have to tune in and find out some other cat or dog or snakes or birds or some other thing. It's like squirrels, you know, have snuck into your home and they're like eating your cat food and everything else you have on the counter because, you know, raccoons and stuff, they can get up on stuff. Oh, raccoons. We've, we've had fun with raccoons. So, uh, yeah, they've, they're, they're a tricky old animal. They've got opposable thumbs, you know, so many yeah. others, and then, you know, they're very dexterous. So uh, Just don't advance this product to the next level where uh, you attach this to fridges and people like me because my girlfriend will probably put me on one to where I can't get into the <laughs> fridge and stuff. Um, so tell, tell we us. We have people saying, can you, can you chip my teenage son? You know, so there you go. Can you, can you chip my teenager? Can you chip my, I'm sure she'll chip me. I want to know where he, what bar was he at? Where was, who was he with <laughs> at that time? Where, where has he been? He told me. He told me he didn't want to meet with my parents and, and that he was he broke his leg in the ER. Where I wanna I wanna see proof of the geolocation. <laughs> so tell us more about your guys' product and what it does. So so when you consider you know what you can do with products like um, uh, say a microchip operated capital where it started, and then a microchip operated feeder, which was our next range of products. So if you a lot of people have pets in a multi pet household and You've got two cats you've often got say one fat cat one pink cat fat cat eats your food um, or you've got two cats on medicated diet or even as simple as a dog eating the cat food so segregating um, uh, delivery of food to a, to a pet 
is a really important thing, but especially when you're thinking about sort of custom diets. So our feeder was our next range of uh, uh, products. Um, and that, again, has been it was a product that solves a problem. And this is what we hear from our customers all the time is, you know, your products, they, they solve a problem. And now suddenly I can't live without them. And I never thought a pet feeder would change my life. Um, but they're, they're really, once you solve that, that problem, that's what drives success and really what drives your customer's happiness, which ultimately is, is, uh, is our goal of pet's happiness and our, our customer's happiness. Yeah, now, it's interesting people, people tell me, I want to be an entrepreneur so I can get rich. And you're like, well, what are you going to do? I don't know, I'm just going to get rich. And you're like, well, you have to understand the sequence of how being an entrepreneur works. You solve, you, you usually, like I said, start with your pain. You solve your pain and then you realize that there's a million other people who have cats or dogs and, and they have this problem too. And you're like, well, maybe they would like this idea that I have. And you share that with them. And, uh, you know, really being a great entrepreneur is coming up with a service or product that, that helps other people. And the direct correlation of what you're paid back in is in uh, usually direct correlation to the need or demand for that service and the, uh, and the scarcity of it. So if you're first to market, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so you guys, you guys start with these door. You guys, your main product, right, is a is a door, a cat door, pet door for the animals. You make it for pets. Uh, do you make it for dogs yet, or just cats right now? So small dogs, you know, spaniel size, but uh, not the larger dogs yet. Um, so I'm not going to be able to crawl through one yet. Not yet. No, no, no I'm afraid. That's not probably in research and development. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> The uh, and and do they re when you say the microchip allows them to come in and out? I've seen ones where they wear like a little bell on their collar, and I'm like, well, if I really want to rob someone's house, I just take the collar off and wave it and send someone in to open the door and you know get me a skinny accomplice and uh, wham bam, thank you, ma'am. I'm in I'm in the house robbing it, and and thanks to Fluffy, uh, you're uh, now light on all your jewelry. Um, the uh, and so I've always wondered about those products. I'm like, somebody could just take the thing off and just you know go through the door. Uh, with a microchip, does it have to be your microchip, or do you work with all the microchips that are no, on no. the market? So it works with all the microchips that are on the market. That so. is freaking awesome. That is awesome. Because I was like, oh man, so if I get your product, I might have to go. That is awesome that you've got it to where it works for them. Is that a real big pain? To I mean, I don't want to say pain, but is that a real big challenge to work with? You know all these different makers of some of these different chips and get a you know to get the code right. So I mean, there's there's a global standard for for microchips, ah. um, but historically there's been four different types of microchips in the U.S. So actually, this global standard basically took the rest of the world first, and mm -hmm. there was still a number of different formats that were vying um, for supremacy in the U.S. So really, we still needed to make it work for all of these four different types of microchips. So it took a little bit longer, but I say it's, it's an absolute requirement. You've got to be, awesome. you've got to know that, you know, you, you buy the product, the setup is easy, you press a button, it then learns your pet's ID code, doesn't matter what um, uh, type of microchip it is, and then there's no confusion. Otherwise, you know, you're into checking the number, checking the number with your vet or with your microchip provider, and uh, yeah, it's just, it takes away from that, that, you know, ease, which is critical, I think, to its success of anything. And so the dog or cat can just come right up to the door. It senses their it senses their microchip and walks in. And there's people doing this to themselves. They're putting chips and 
NFIDs into their bodies. Um, they're body hacking their systems. So it, you may have a future business that, like I say, letting people into their fridges if they're on a diet, like don't let me have five or whatever, uh, you know, or maybe there's a segment of the, of the fridge that has all the high fat, high fruit, <laughs> Coke, and, you know, uh, the pizza is in this pizza section. You can't get in there unless you're waving your hand in front of it. Let me in. I'm really hungry. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll get <laughs> maybe in the future today. Yeah, there's definitely a thing for that. I know there's probably some wives that would buy that product for their husbands. <laughs> put a collar on them, make sure that anyway. Um, <laughs> the, cool, the, cool, the fun bit is, is the next stage beyond. So I guess the first set of products was very much find a problem, solve it, standalone product that actually solves that uh, uh, problem. But then the next stage, which is which is you know, where so many of the cool new consumer products are coming from is connectivity. Yeah. And connectivity with pet care is, is a really, really great application of Internet of Things. It's not a gadget. It's a really um, important application where you can help and care for your pet better when you're not there and you can monitor. So I think this was our sort of key next stage of the business which was, okay, well, actually, it's not just doing one thing which improves the life of the pet in one way. It's a monitoring tool for the pet. Now, um, one thing you may not be aware of is that uh, some microchips also have the ability to take the temperature of the pet. Oh, my gosh. So they've got a built-in thermometer. So every time you take a, um, uh, or you take a reading of a pet's microchip number, you get the temperature for free. So actually, every time a pet is feeding from a microchip-operated pet feeder, you can have a, a real-time measure of what the temperature of that pet is. And that's then a health monitoring tool. So, so really what started life as being, okay, I want to stop other cats coming into my house or peeing in the kitchen, has actually come full circle to um, these are tools to monitor a pet's life and in some cases actually to monitor the physiological you know, well-being of the pet, which is its temperature over time. Yeah, especially if they're hot or overheated. Uh, this has been a great product to have. I had a dog that had uh, cancer, and we put her through hospice care for about a year and a half, and uh, uh, monitoring her, her activity and movements. Um, I, I think we put uh, some sort of IoT device uh, that was on her collar that I could monitor her exercise and how often she was moving around. Um, and that was kind of real important. Uh, knowing when she was up and moving was usually a time I wanted to check on her, even if I was asleep, because uh, sometimes at the very end we'd have blood. Uh, you needed to know what she was, what was going on with her, um, and why she was moving around, because she was pretty old, and and uh, and uh, so you just needed to check on her and know what's going. So it's pretty, it's cool that they have this technology that's out there. Temperature would have been a thing we would have wanted to know she, she was in hospice care as well and people love checking in on these i mean when i go out even like to the store i check my pet cam monitors uh i think we've got a feeder here that flicks treats uh their grandmother dials in and flicks treats at them and so having these feeder type things are really important i know i know cat owners are known for having sometimes that big fat cat <laughs> that they gotta put on a diet and you know, you just can't be home a lot. But if you're a pet owner, you're obsessed with your pet. Uh, at least I hope you are. 
Um, but most pet owners I know, they're they're constantly checking in. Uh, you know, Here, here's my pet today. In fact, I've gone places and said, look, here's what my dog's doing. And people are just like, you're weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, but this is, a, this is a global trend. And this is like... Yeah, but you can. I mean, yeah, you, said, you, know, you, you could never check to see what was going on at home. Uh, you know, sometimes I've had to call a neighbor or friend or say, hey, can you run over my house? The things are going off the rails over there. Um, and uh, it's because I can tune in and see what's going on with my pet. And, uh, you know, we live in Las Vegas, too. So we got to make sure the pets don't get locked outside or stuck outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Because they can die in the heat uh, during the summer. Uh, a lot of pets die because they get left in the backyard and they can't get in. And so these pet doors are just so important for people to have to get them in and out. Yeah, no, I, I think um, you know, the level of care for pets over the last like 10, 15 years, you know, the, the humanization of pets. Pets, now if you ask people, is a pet a member of your family? You will get the answer most definitely yes. Now going back 15, 20 years, you, know, you wouldn't get that same answer. People talk about being pet owners then rather than pet parents now. So yeah, it's a it's a global trend, this, and uh, you know it's it's really just driven by our love of the animals and uh, and wanting the best for them. Well, I often say the more I watch politics and the more I get to know people, the more I love my dogs. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm becoming one of those. Uh, I'm a dog person. In fact, if you, if you look closely enough, I'm covered in husky hair, which is, okay. which is part of uh, the. Uh, the whole yeah you know it, what's interesting is i used to this is one of the reasons i wear a white hat people people are like what's the is that an advertisement on the hat i'm like no it's just white and so you can't see the dog hair from the huskies on it that's why i like this hat uh but uh you know it's it's really cool that you guys are making these different products that are out there and i i imagine the world is is the thing um being able to play with dogs being able to feed your pets being able to have them come in and out. Uh, I've had a pet door for years, but it's always been kind of one of those jukey ones that you just put into the sliding glass and you slide it. And they're like, oh yeah, you can make it, you know, I got a little, I got a little uh, door dolly that holds it shut, but anybody can crawl through this thing because it's a pretty large door given I have large huskies. And I, I look at it all the time, I'm like, it doesn't take much for someone to crawl through that door. And then with my door, it's just the cheap one. Uh, that is at your guys's, obviously. Uh, and so when the wind blows, it flaps. And so the problem I'm having right now is my house is freezing from the wind uh, here in Vegas, blowing the cold air in, and I'm having my heater bills going through the roof now. So there is an economy here of saving money, cutting costs, and, and saving costs, because with your guys's door, it's probably not flapping in the wind, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for what I'm going to pay for your product is probably the amount I'm going to, uh, I'm going to pay double or triple for uh, the energy costs of heating and cooling uh, with this door constantly flapping in the <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward to re reviewing this on the Chris Voss show. Excellent. And we're really excited about now the, uh, the next stage of the products that we're launching, which is really around activity monitoring and behavior monitoring for dogs. So a wearable for dogs. And this has come from, uh, I guess, the next stage of development of the company, where in 2015, we were acquired by uh, a company called Antalic, which is um, the leader in animal monitoring, but we're very much with a focus originally on um, livestock. 
So the activity monitoring technology that we've applied has actually come from the dairy industry, from, uh, from dairy cows and through activity monitoring of dairy cows, and this has been on millions of dairy cows. This is through activity monitoring of dairy cows and detection of rumination, of heat stress, of a whole load of different parameters that are actually around health and well-being, um, then it's really been one of the key drivers in the dairy industry over the last, say, five years. And you know, the technology goes back a lot further than that. So what we've done over the last couple of years is we've taken that core technology and the algorithms and the sensitivity of those algorithms and we've applied it into docs. So this is really what we're showcasing at CES and we're really excited about this. There probably is a pretty interesting uh, commercial feature of, of doing that. I imagine monitoring the temperature, behavior and, and uh, uh, what's going on with the cow is probably important to their lactation and milk uh, abilities and, and maybe if they're sick or if they have an infection um, I mean, it, 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 I created a website years ago called Hackable Human because I was at South by Southwest and started seeing these guys that were, you know, adding, like I say, NFID chips to their thing. They have it set up where they can walk into their homes. Just, you know, they just walk in and the lock opens. Um, there's lots of proximity Bluetooth stuff now and NFID that, that can uh, do that. So the sky is probably the limit for the technology of where you can go beyond pet for this. Yeah, so, so on, the, um, on the farming side with where the technology came from, then it gives you benefits such as you know, efficiency of farming and making sure that uh, uh, you know, a, a sick cow is not a productive cow. But beyond that, far more importantly, it's about the well-being of the, of the cow and the herd. So individually, to be able to have an early indicator of any sickness within that herd allows you to treat that one cow rather than putting antibiotics into the whole herd of cows. So for actually the sustainability and ethical farming, it's actually a, a critical tool. And what you see is more and more with animal monitoring is this is a tool for basically modern, ethical, sustainable, traceable farming. And awesome. So I'm looking at uh, your guys' website, surepetcare.com. Uh, and uh, you guys got a whole mess of stuff here. You got really cool doors. People can insert these, I, I guess, into walls, into doors that go in and out of their house, areas that they want to maybe cut off, like a mud room for their animal to come in so they can get out of the weather. Um, and then you've got coming soon a microchip pet feeder connect. Is that going to be at CES? Yep, we'll be showing that at CES. And that allows you to selectively feed one pet over the other, but also um, every time a pet feeds from that, you can identify through the connected app um, you know, when they're feeding, the frequency of feeding, and also how much they're feeding on each um, feed. So ultimately, when you're looking to track feeding patterns, either for, say, calorific intake, um, or it's actually just monitoring the health and well-being of a, of a pet. Then this, this is, is that. I'm looking over your website. This is really brilliant. You guys have a Feeder Connect, which is a new thing coming out. We'll see at CS. You guys have a feeder, and it's kind of like a, I'm not sure how to describe this to our folks on iTunes and Google Play that are listening on audio in their car. Um, this is, um, it's kind of, it, it looks kind of like a, kind of like a half cup box, and they're allowed to stick their face into it, and at that point they can get into like a sort of bowl or tray of food. Um, 
And I, I imagine that gives them entry to the area so they can eat that based upon their microchip. And, and imagine you, you set times through the app as to when they can access it. So it's less, it's more a free feeder. So the natural, so this is very focused on cats and cats tend to graze feed. So they're feeding multiple times in small amounts throughout the day. And this allows them to do that instinctive feeding. If they want to do it all in one go, then they can do that. But actually more pets or more cats tend to feed between 10 and 15 times a day. So actually they can go up to the feeder anytime they can feed and then it'll monitor the amount that they've eaten each time. And then when the lid closes, it's actually a seal on the bowl that's actually under the um, under the lid. So when you're um, when you've got food that could dry out, particularly in hot weather, um, then actually it's going to keep the food fresher for longer as well. So it's kind of multiple things that it, it does, but it's definitely a free feeder. So you're not trying to actively restrict that. So this is pretty cool. It's it's compatible with all common microchips. It's compatible with the SureFlap RFID collar tag. It's got a uh, microchip or collar tag controlled access. So if your dog is a microchip, they can use your collar tags. Um, this thing will service up to 32 pets. Yeah, yeah. You can you can learn in up to 32 pets. Generally for the feeder, people learn in one. Uh, for the pet doors, people would learn in every pet that they've got in the house. And, so, you know, get up so there you go, for the crazy pet lady in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've had some quite high numbers there somewhere, but uh, you know, years ago in, in our mortgage company, we did mortgages and we had this recurring customer. It was a good customer, um, and a funny story. She actually had her and her husband were married and have been married for years, but they lived apart. Mainly, the reason they lived apart was because she really loved cats. And when my appraiser would go to her home, she's like, "When I look down in the basement, the floor moves." And it kind of is freaky looking because you're like, why is the floor moving? And it was all the cats that she was taking Whoa. care of. So, um, yeah, 32 that's cats. That's your, that's your horror story again, isn't it? Yeah, I, there might have been some issue there, but our appraiser always said that the house was still in good condition and that, you know, there wasn't sort of an out of control thing. So I don't know how she did it, but we always kind of giggle a little bit that her and her husband lived in separate homes because of it. But, hey, if you love animals and pets, as long as you're – you know, being a good steward and custodian. Um, there you go. <laughs> uh, stop pets from stealing each other's foods. That's important. I've, I've had that happen. In fact, that happens to me a lot when I distribute treats to my dogs. You have the little one that tends to be able to be more agile and jump up there and yeah. take them. Um, monitor your pet's feeding habits. Keep flies off your food and lock in moisture. That's a really good technology point, actually, when you think about it. Yeah, I think uh, once you have uh, food that's open to the elements, particularly for, for cats where it's, you're graze feeding and it's out throughout the day, then, um, you know, whether it's insects or flies or, or even just drying out, and then once it dries out and oxidizes and goes rancid, and then I think so many people are used to, to cats, you know, you put food down for cats, they might have a little bit, and then they'll just, you know, an awful lot of it will go uh, to spoil. You know, and this this is a bigger deal than probably most people do. Um, I I was uh, I used to have my dogs outside when I lived in Utah when I would leave for work, and so they had a pen for outside. They could come into the garage area if they needed to. Um, and I, one winter, and they're, you know they're snow dogs, they're huskies. So um, what I had was my neighbor had put down snail bait, had put down snail poison to kill the snails in his yard. 
one of the snails ate the snail bait, came over to my dog's dog food, and died in the dog food. And I remember going out and clearing the snow that day off of the off of the dog food and seeing a snail in there. I didn't really think about it because it was outside. I'm like, I don't think they're going to eat a snail. Um, you know, I mean, I just really didn't think about it. Went to work that day, came home, and both my dogs are convulsing like a seizure state, and they're standing and convulsing. And I'm freaking out. I called the I call the veterinarian. They go, your dogs have either have got snail bait or some sort of their poison. You need to bring them in as soon as possible. So we raced them in. You know, they gave them all the shots, got a, got the heart rates calmed down. But it literally can kill them. They can their hearts will explode because they're just jacked up on like all this uh, snail bait. And uh, it was very scary for 24 hours, 48 hours. In fact, we wonder what sort of long term damage happened. And basically, what happened was the snail got the snail poison from our neighbors and came and got in the food and the dogs consumed it and voila bada boom there you go were the dogs fully recovered they fully recovered as far as i know uh i mean years later we had cancer and and the one had seizures uh but it was like five or six years later so i don't know if there was damage caused from those things but it was was scary um when i where i used to live in utah we we even had a problem with raccoons coming into the pen and eating the dog's food, I would I would open the door to go out, and you'd see six raccoon babies just shoot up the fences. Um, and uh, so there was a worry about rabies, of course, with them, and then of course them attacking our animals because they would they would smell the food, they come for the food, and they either fight them for the food or or attack them for food. Um, we, you know, I've had bugs in my food, even in the house. I mean. The, the, the pet door that I have is, like I said, it's a cheap, flappy one. And uh, I can get all sorts of, I've had all sorts of, of course, creepy, crawly spiders. I'm sure a lot of people don't like that. I've had all sorts of um, uh, different bugs and, and stuff. And you'll find them in the food. They come in from the food. They can smell it and they come for it. And then your dogs are either consuming that or whatever. And it's just crazy. So I, I really like this idea where it's covering the food, protecting it, keeping the flies off it, of course uh as well and of course you know dogs they want to eat fresh food too they don't want to eat crap food that's you know all dried out and nasty yeah yeah so we, we anticipate we'll be doing some some feeders for dogs as well and i think where the where the power of all of this comes from with the uh um you know the product range is is not only sort of solving these individual problems that we're talking about but when you think of these as part of an ecosystem of products that are monitoring your pet so whether it's uh um, levels of activity, whether it's uh, levels of shaking, barking, scratching, which our activity monitor can pick up, or whether it's um, uh, the temperature of the dog through the microchip or how much they're eating, how much they're drinking. So all of this is data. It's, you know, we hear big data being sort of uh, banded around as a buzzword all the time, but it's data and through this data, then you actually have a really rich data set that can tell you an awful lot about your pet. So monitoring this through the lifetime of the pet is actually going to help you maintain their health and well-being, um, whether that's you know, as simple as their physical health or actually it's their levels of engagement and mental, mental sort of well-being as well. Then we see that data and monitoring is actually key to the future of you know, proactive pet care. And this is where the journey of the company has come 
you know, to now from, you know, initially, you know, one product to multiple products solving problems to connectivity, to really being focused on gathering, monitoring data on a pet. And then through the quality of the algorithms that you can put on those combined with the veterinary input, actually, it's an incredibly powerful tool for um, improving the lives of pets in general. And that's awesome. I mean, that's what we're all trying to do. We know that these pets live on average maybe 10 to 15 years at best. If you're lucky, keep your fingers crossed. Uh, and certainly they get into just about any, everything and anything. And of course, they're outside in the elements. All sorts of scary stuff can happen. Uh, you know, I remember years ago, I had a puppy who uh, found a spider. And they tend to play with spiders with their mouth and bite them and chew them and go, what is this? And because they interpret everything through their mouth and uh she bit into some poisonous spider and she came into me and she was passing out beside me uh and i couldn't keep her awake and i was like holy crap and and i realized she'd probably been bitten by something but i couldn't find where she'd been bitten she'd been bitten up in the gum line and this wow. is probably a place where maybe the temperature sort of gauge in, in her uh, microchip would have been important and it got alerted to you by your app so that's really cool anything more we need to know about your company what you guys are doing at ces so I guess our, our focus at CES is really um, showing our, our animal activity monitor. This is one of the first times we're showing this in public, and this is the repurposing of this established technology from the, uh, the, the livestock industry. And really what it's bringing is you know, a new level of, of I guess, accuracy and detail to activity monitoring for, for pets. So whether it's just purely your activity you're looking at, but also we're looking at things like shaking, barking, scratching, which can tell you a huge amount about uh, you know, the health and well-being of a pet or, or sleep and sleep quality. So, so really we're showcasing this product and this technology and we're sort of, yeah, just very optimistic about what this um, uh, can do you know, with the industry in general. The CES show the future. So this is going to be pretty cool. Those of you going to CES, be sure to check them out. They're going to be the Sands Convention Center, booth 42367, the Sure Pet Care booth, if you want to Google it. Make sure you download the CES app. I think Gary Shapiro won't mean to plug that. <laughs> so uh, uh, you want to uh, use the app. You can schedule. You can find stuff like the Pet Care booth, and, and you can schedule yourself. You know where it's at. You can look at maps and find stuff. That's really an important thing. With the, uh, <clears throat> I'd recommend anybody going to CES is uh, use the map system because there's several different buildings, several different hotels. They pretty much come here and they take over a whole city, and it's just amazing. And even one of the things you have to be careful too, like in South Hall, there's two levels. So you can sometimes be walking around thinking, well, I'm right in front of it. And you're like, oh, it's above me or below me. So watch out for that. But you definitely want to get the CES app so you can take and do that as well. Be sure to check out their website, of course, if you're a pet owner and everything else. You can go to their website at surepetcare.com. And I, I got to tell you, I'm really impressed with the products here. I love the feeder ability and the monitoring ability of my pets. You know, hopefully in the future, I'll be able to do all sorts of things. If you could make something that lets me know my dog's tearing apart, something I own, <laughs> I'm out of the house, that would be great, which is hard because half the time they're chewing on, like, bones and chew toys that I give them when I am home. But uh, uh, I don't know. Somehow somehow I just microchip everything in the house that I don't want them to chew on. Like like one of my friends has got a husky, and, and her dog loves to take her shoes out in the backyard and chew them up. <laughs> 
<laughs> maybe you could uh, I don't know create some sort of AI system in the in the far distant future where robotically it, it, it's like that's the shoe do not allow that outside make that stay in here and alert the owner of the shoe is trying to go outside um, I can say my puppy uh, is actually bringing me toys to play with her right now she, she, if I leave right now we're going through this phase where if I leave she takes a box or something. Usually, it's it's nothing expensive, but she gets a box or, or or whatever, and she chews it up and she puts it right at the top of the stairs because she wants me to know that this is my punishment for leaving the house for fifteen minutes to go to the store. Or so, if you figure out a innovative product for that in the future, way to monitor that. Like uh, your dog's uh, really into something, and it's in an area that you shouldn't be in, and. And uh, that's the other thing she'll do. She'll go into areas. So anyway, we'll look forward to seeing you guys at CS. We'll look forward to reviewing this on the ChrisVossShow.com. So be sure to go to YouTube.com for just Chris Voss. Hit that bell notification so you see all the different videos we'll be doing. Probably do a live shot or a video interview while we're there. And we'll kind of walk through some of the products. How does that sound? That sounds fantastic. I look forward to it. Sounds fantastic. And so I appreciate our audience for tuning in. Be sure to go and refer your friends to go to iTunes, Google Play, go to Spotify, and also iHeartRadio. We're distributed. And, of course, you can get us on any podcasting app in the world. You're going to be seeing uh, daily weekday podcasts from us, and we'll probably just be doing a crazy amount of media during, of course, the CS show. Uh, be sure to follow us over there. Uh, and all my social channels, you'll be seeing live videos and all the different, you know, just it's just a media frenzy. In fact, usually after two to three weeks, a month after CS, we're like still just publishing stuff. Like, uh, here's another thing we saw at CS, and it's just crazy. It's a great show, and uh, uh, it's a lot of fun. Anyway, thanks to Nick. Appreciate you for coming by, Nick, and tell us about your company and your story. Great entrepreneurial journey. Thanks for coming by. Thanks, Chris, and enjoyed it. All right, and my audience, we'll see you guys next time.